Hello, and thank you for joining us for another episode of That Solo Life, the podcast for PR pros and marketers who work for themselves. I am Michelle Kane, and I am here as ever with my wonderful co-host, Karen Swim from Solo PR Pro. And today, we're going to talk about measurements. So get out your rulers and your tape measures. (laughs) I love it. I don't love the tape measurement right now. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, still, still <laughs> settling in. Yeah, I, I keep one in my purse, actually, because you never know when you need one. That is hilarious. That is really hilarious. We will have to talk about that one day, Michelle. We really will. I the deep, deep dive you know, into people, weird things you carry with you. Yeah, the people who say that, you know, you can't use math in real life. And I'm like, yes, you can. You use it every day. I'm wondering, does one need a tape measurement? You never know. In everyday life in their bag. I don't know. I'm going to contemplate on that. And then we're going to have a serious discussion about it because I really want to understand that. Good morning to our audience and to our dearly beloved Chip Griffin, who's here with us today. And Chip. (laughs) So... I guess before we descend into total (laughs) measurement madness, (laughs) we're going to talk about measurement. We are, we are. And, and I know, you know, to a lot of people that just brings to mind data and scary things and, ah, I have to set up, you know, the dashboard of doom. What's, what is all this measurement? Oh my gosh, we're going to just keep it simple and easy and just, you know, let you know that you probably you may already be doing it. You might not know it. You know, it, it really all comes down to what we say all the time on this podcast. You start with what success is going to look like at the end. Well, how do you figure that out, right? You probably already know. But we're going to talk about some ways to do this. I think yeah. one thing we want to scoot out of the room right away because it does come creeping back in from time to time is the dreaded AVE, you know, and how... I, I mean, especially in this era of, you know, it used to be that, sure, you know, print display ads were a serious part of any campaign and it's just become less so or just in such different ways that it's it's really not a valid way to measure your PR campaigns. It's not. But I also want to paint the realistic uh, picture. So it really is our job as public relations professionals to educate our clients that so that they understand how to measure outcomes and not outputs and not to pay attention to vanity Mm. metrics. Mm -hmm. However, we also know that even in our best efforts on occasion, you're still going to get that client that wants to see that as a metric. I don't want you all to feel guilty about that because, you know, in PR, we're constantly choosing which hill we want to die on. And I know there are a lot of people out there that are, would shoot me for, you know, with tomatoes for even saying, you know, it's, it's sometimes not worth arguing over. It is worth because sometimes education is a continuum. You, Mm -hmm. You start, you understand, I try to set that table immediately from the first conversations to talk about how we work and how we measure success and try to get their understanding of what success looks like so that we can report the right metrics from day one. 
But even in doing all those things, even in the constant education, sometimes it really does, you have to move people along. And unfortunately, you know, in corporate America, there are lots of generations and people that are used to things and they moving them along, maybe a slower period of process. I think the key is that as a PR professional, you need to understand that that's not a metric that you should be relying on to judge your own efforts or to, to put any value in for the client. So if they're forcing you to report that, sometimes you can't fight against it. You can still report the other things. Right, right. You know, sometimes you just have to humor humor a client and and that's okay because you know you need to keep the the relationship going and you know keep the relationship healthy and open absolutely so i know that we talk about how you gather the information for success but then there are some you know specifics that we haven't talked a lot about like so what are some things that you can measure and Again, these are very dependent on your client goals, but I think one of the keys is that you always want to tie your metrics to something concrete that the client is trying to achieve. So if you're running a campaign and it's really important for them to get people to go to their website, which is driving top of the funnel leads, this means that you're driving people that they now have the opportunity to talk to, then there's some work that has to be done on their site, but you want to get them to the site so that they have the opportunity to nurture those relationships. I want to say that I've also seen this happen where PR posts do a great job of that and they do a great job of measuring it and the client doesn't have the infrastructure set up to actually capture those leads and then to push them through the funnel. What do I mean by that? Just for those who may not understand. What I mean is that getting them to the website is only one one piece of the puzzle. We all know that we may see something, we go to the website, and it may be something you're interested in, but you may not have a pain point today that's going to make you pull the trigger and buy. Mm -hmm. That's rare that that happens. Um, Sometimes people will... Yeah, obviously, when you're really ready to buy, you're going to go seek it. But in terms of people seeing, you know, an article or an interview or a social media, um, a piece of social media content, and they're ready to buy like right then and there is not what you rely on. What you rely on is getting them interested enough so that they go. And now you get the opportunity to keep talking to them. So you need to have, you know, a structure in place for that. Maybe you have an email newsletter that you ask them to sign up for. Maybe it's downloading a resource like a case <laughs> study or a checklist or something, but there's got to be something that captures them so that you can keep talking. That said, you know, there are things that I think we forget about in PR. We forget about domain authority too, in two ways, driving backlink to the site from publications that have high domain authority. So it's a good idea to look at that domain authority and also report on it. That is something that we share with clients whenever we have um, secured media opportunities. We tell them about the site because that's as important. If it's it's a site that has a domain authority of 
94. That's amazing. And that's going to be a great backlink for them, which then helps to boost up their domain authority. So remember like these things that really are important. And because of so much of what we do today is digital, I think it's important to start to at least have some basic fluency in, in these topics. So backlink domain authority are two things that you can measure in addition to, you know, just traffic coming to the website and where it's coming from. Right, right. Definitely growing your email list, having a resource to download, you know, even if it's a tip sheet, you know, five things to look for in X. Um, you might you might have a webinar or a presentation you're trying to, you know, present to people. So getting webinar registrations would be a way to measure, you know, how a campaign is working or, you know, not say measure how a campaign is working. You want the campaign to work to get people to the webinar, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Yeah, the chicken I mean, or the egg, but you know you can you can say okay, well how how successfully did we promote the webinar is you know clearly by signups, but then that also allows you to keep talking to the people who do sign up and even social activity, right? How many times was something shared and by whom? You know, were they shared by by credible you know higher profile you know people on Twitter? You know, domain experts. How many retweets did something get? How many video views did, say, your webinar or your YouTube video get? If you post it on Facebook, how many views, actual views, not just impressions, because you scroll down your feed and, you know, sometimes it can be considered an impression. So just, you know, hone in on, on the very specific and concrete ways that your campaign or your content is being engaged with. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's why one of the things that I like to look at when I dig into the analytics is I like to look at what they do on the site. So that's important, too, because you can get people coming to the site, but what's the bounce rate like? Are people engaging with other pages? If so, how many on average? And, and how does that compare to the average without the PR campaign? Are they converting? So you again, that's why it's important to have an infrastructure to capture this, because if you can come back and say, okay, you know, this campaign drove X percent increase in leads of those people that came from this place, X amount of them actually signed up for a newsletter or downloaded our resource or, you know, signed up for a demo or talked to one of our salespeople or became a client. I mean, that it's important to know. And the reason that all of this information, so again, you're, you are tying, and I, and I know that this really bothers PR people. And I hear this in a lot of our circles where you don't want to be tied to sales. I would argue with you that you are tied to sales because if the business is not making money, you're not, you're out of a job. But the way that we contribute to that, and it's important to understand our position so that you can explain that to clients right from day one before you ever sign an agreement with them, is understanding the value that you bring and what role you play in that process. So it's don't be afraid when people are like, oh, they want to tie it to sales. Yeah, and they should. They yep. absolutely should. And all that information helps you because if you're seeing that, you know, hey, the company wanted you to target these publications and this particular audience, 
But if that audience is not responding, there may be a couple of things wrong. Your content is not the right content for them. So it's not driving them to look further or they may not have the wrong targeting. And I've worked with clients on this, like your target, why are you targeting these people? That's wrong. But with information and data, and, and again, this goes back to Chip's point of collecting the data that can drive future actions. Don't be afraid of failure in PR because everything helps you to learn and fine tune as you go along and do a much better job. And so I, you know, wouldn't be afraid of any of this, just, you know, take the information so that you can use it because that's what we're doing with campaigns is that we're learning from them. We're learning what works and we're learning how to improve and we're learning what people really love and we're learning what people don't like so much. And and that can change. Yeah. And I think that also ties into the education portion of it, you know, educating your client of, you know, this is not an exact science. You know, this is what we think we're going to evaluate as we go. And I think for any of, of you out there that that do Facebook advertising, you know, that's a great example of, you know, being able to be nimble and, okay, well, we targeted this audience. It's not really moving. Is it our content? Is it the image? Is it the copy? Or are we just targeting the wrong people? And then you can do some A-B testing and, you know, not to get too deep in the weeds. <laughs> but, but I, okay. Yeah, but we, we're we're giving them some, you know, we want to give our audience more than just, you know, why we want to give you some tips on how to dig into this and why you shouldn't be afraid of it. Then I'll stay in the weeds for a second. (laughs) Yeah. Stay in the weeds. Go there. Well, I mean, just something as simple as, you know, how, if I have a link, how am I going to be able to track it? You know, use Bitly, use Google Tag Manager, you know, take whatever the, the source link is. Don't just share that URL naked. You know, you want to tie it back. If you have a Bitly account that does show data, but Google Tag Manager is probably probably a bit more advantageous just because that will play nicely with your Google Analytics. And, you know, as Karen was, was sharing about getting into their Google Analytics, you want to make sure that you have access. You don't have to be manager, but even if you're an editor or, or just a partner on the team, please make sure that your client allows you. And, and if they look at you and say, what? Google and a what, then help them get started. Yeah. You know, I'm glad you mentioned Bitly. There there are other link shorteners out oh, yeah. there. I love Bitly because it's so accessible to us as PR pros. Yeah. I always like to, I like Bitly because it gives me control over the links. And yeah. I can, so if I'm doing a press release, I use Bitly to create the links that go in there because then I can see, I can track it and I can report on it without even having access to their Google analytics or going into the analytics. Right. So I'm, That's true. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Bitly and it's easy. It's not something that, cause there, there are quite a few people that Google analytics is not something that they feel comfortable with. They, right have maybe some experience at looking at it, but it it can be a little overwhelming and it's always changing. So I get yeah. that. But something like Bitly is easy. You know Bitly, you know how to use it. You can set up your account and you can track all your links that way. And I'm telling you, it's a beautiful thing to be able to show mm-hmm. how many people actually interacted with those links. And Bitly does give you that information. So yeah. But again, all of these are specific things that are driven by what you 
are supposed to be achieving for the client. So, you know, we're giving you things that are sort of typical to include as part of your metrics, but they may not, you know, maybe the client wants something completely different. Maybe they're looking more for, you know, local sentiment. Maybe you have a client where you're strictly working on an internal comms and, or maybe it's all about, you know, reputation management, or maybe it's a crisis management. So none of this will apply, but that's okay. We just still want to give you some of the basic things that sometimes get missed. Right, right. And another point about Bitly, if you're doing an outward focused campaign, like promoting an event, you can edit the link itself and just, you know, add a short little moniker, you know, like company A event. I know that sounds dumb, but once you get in there, you'll get it. Like 2022 show, something like that. So that if you're looking for the public to click on it, they'll say, oh, okay, that's cool. This is for yeah. this event. So just, just putting my my advertising hat on for a second. <laughs> but it yeah. is supremely helpful. Yeah. And I, Chip makes such a great point. And I've had this conversation with people too. So when you start to measure things, sometimes people want to know if, it's a good number. Is that good? You know, is that good? We, we secured X amount of stories. Is that good? <laughs> um, open rate I hear a lot too from clients, like our open rate was this, is that good? Yeah. Well, good is relative. And I love the example that Chip gave, you know, he says a thousand video views would be great for him, but terrible for Jimmy Fallon. Great point. It's like, who uh-huh. are you? So if you're some startup in the industry and no one really knows who you are, but you got these people to opt into your list, your number may be a lot smaller than, say, American Express. So you you have to keep things in context. And I know that a lot of the there's a lot of stats out there for industry open rates, but Again, you need to have a baseline for your company and for your client and then measure the improvement over that baseline because only you know what's good and you can't know that until you start measuring it. So one of the things that you should start an engagement with is agree upon the metrics that you are going to report on. You don't need to overwhelm clients with data. There is going to be some data you collect just for you. And for your efforts and for you looking at, so there's some behind the scenes things that you're going to want to collect. You're going to want data for yourself. For example, you know, I like to track open rates on emails to journalists, mm-hmm. not because it's the be all in all, but it gives me one piece of information. You may want to track your ratio of pitches sent to pitches closed. That's not something that you will report to the client, but it's something that would be good for you to have because then you can see, are your ratios different than they have been for other clients? Is it, do you, are you focusing on high quality, really targeted pitches? Did you go too broad? I mean, so it gives you information so that you can improve. So there are metrics for you and then there are metrics to be shared. Don't overwhelm the client with a bunch of stuff that they're not going to use. Give them actionable information, something concrete that they can do something with and something that you both can look at together and use it to 
continue your work together, to talk about the next steps, to plan future campaigns. And so you don't want to bury them with like vanity metrics. And if you're you're doing like a, a more robust engagement that includes social and earned and paid, then that that's already a lot of data. So you want to keep it as simple as possible. I mean, social media alone can be you know, uh, its own entire report, but what's really important there? What's really important? What What's the overall objective? What is the outcome that you've been tasked to achieve? Yeah, I agree. And, you know, for the, you may have clients who do want to be dazzled by the quantity, you know, oh, I want to have this many eyeballs on me. And I always counter with that with, you know, I don't care if you get a million views, if no one engages with your campaign, if if no one buys your product, signs up for your services, walks through your door, I, I don't care who's, how many million of millions of people have seen it, you know, and that often comes up even with direct mail. You know, you might say, oh, we only had a 4% return. That's actually great. You know, in, in some cases, that's phenomenal because you also... You know, speaking specifically, sometimes you don't want more business than you can handle. That creates a whole different problem. But so, so just you know, and that wise with your counsel, a million dollars in revenue. So right. it, yes, yeah. exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So you know, but you're all smart cookies. You know this, but yeah, when you make the recommendations with the client ahead of time, that also gets their buy-in. You know, then they're then they are invested there on the same page with you. And so then when you do share the relevant data points, you know, it'll, be, it'll definitely be more of a collaboration. And so we know that one of the other questions that comes up is, you know, how do I measure all this stuff? Like, where do I go? So Google Analytics is one tool where you can get information. And if you're not comfortable pulling it out of the database yourself, um, you can always ask your client to report to you. So monthly, yep. you can say, hey, these are some of the things I need to see. Can you just share that number with me every month? Good idea. Um, yeah. you know, bigger companies, I have a client, they have a whole person that does these, the dashboard reports, and we get them every Monday. That's perfect because I have some insight into it. And I, even though I have access to the account, I don't really need to go in there and pull it because they're pulling it for me. Um, you can also don't forget about some of the um, tools that are used in SEO because they have data there, like uh, things like SEMrush and SEO Moz to look at things like domain authority. Right. You you know, and some of the some of them are paid tools where you can look at backlinks to the site if that's something that you're you know interested in. So. Don't forget those tools because I think sometimes we only think about media monitoring and then we're confused about where else to go for the other stuff that we need to gain. Um, social media reporting tools also. So unfortunately, you know, there are services that can track a lot of things. They cost all the money, all the money. And in my experience, there is not a single PR tool that does everything perfectly. Not one. Um, you go to one tool and you pay a bunch of money and you're like, I finally have like a streamlined single dashboard. 
except they're not so good in this area. So I've not found, I have not found, and trust me, I have tried, tested, paid for, used all the things. I've not found a tool that is perfect across the board. So you always kind of need to supplement. So I would say pick where you're going to get the biggest ROI in terms of tool spending and spend there to get that thing that you really need from somebody that that is really their expertise. That's their specialty. That's where they shine and get the other stuff using other sources. There are, you know, lots of free ways to gain information, but you want to pick because if you try to buy all the things, your rates are going to be off the charts. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. no, I, I agree. There's, there's no one perfect tool out there. So, so pick the one that gives you the most for the right amount of spend. And, you know, you may need to do some things manually too, and that's okay. That's and okay. here's where your solo colleagues can really help you with these types of things is that yeah. you can turn to the solos for information about what they're using for something specific that maybe is not the core of the metrics that you need, but, you know, use your colleagues, ask, um, reach yeah. out and ask for help. Like, how do you get this information? You know, what can I do? We also, there are also tools that allow you to share Um, Because sometimes we need something every once in a while. It's not something that we need all the time. And so, again, this this is where we can all come together and support one another as solos. I agree. I agree. And, you know, and at the end of the day, with your measurement, keep it simple, keep it purpose driven, and you'll be okay. See, that wasn't so big and scary, was it? easy to say. <laughs> no, it's it's not. And, and I believe that a lot of a lot of our listeners are probably already doing this. They may just not realize, oh, I'm doing measurements. <laughs> so as always, we love that you spend time with us. We hope you are getting a lot out of this. And if you are, please do recommend us to your friends and colleagues. And if you ever have questions or or things that you want us to cover, hit us up at soloprpro.com. And until next time, thanks for joining us on That Solo Life. <laughs>